This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 255. Hello, veterinary friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I have a wonderful guest for you. His name is Dr. Jason Ballara. He is the CEO and co-founder of Lark Capital Group and host of the Know Your Why podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Jason. I'm thrilled to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, Julie. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, I'm really excited to get to know you and uh, and all of the things that you do. It sounds like we have similar missions, so yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So I always ask all my veterinary guests to tell me their veterinary story. So you can start from wherever you think is pertinent, but tell us how you got into vet med and how what you're doing now and the whole thing. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think... Uh, the classic story of like a kid that just really loved animals uh, is is truly how it began. I think a lot of vets, that's that's how it starts, right? A love for animals. I want to I want to take care of them, and so that was sort of most of most of my life. Um, and then uh, I went to college with the intent of going to vet school. Uh, one thing I I probably didn't. I I worked a lot. I came came from. Uh, um, background of not having a lot of money. So I worked a lot starting at a young age. And so I, but I worked to make money, not so much like, oh, I went to vet clinics and worked in them and, and got, so I didn't quite have the experience. And so I actually didn't get into vet school the first time I applied. And I didn't when, either. Yeah. It's, I mean, All it, you it's, people out there that struggled, it happens, yeah, right? It happens. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely a competitive, uh, competitive, place to get into. So didn't get in the first time. Um, I spent uh, basically three years um, in between what, you know, finishing undergrad and then getting into vet school or to to going to vet school. Um, and I spent a lot of time making sure that I increased the experience in the field and things like that, you know, started making sure I was working uh, in, in some area of the veterinary world. So got into vet school um, interestingly, one of those experiences was I worked for a local veterinarian and we, uh, we, we got to fix a fracture and I was, um, I, like, I'll never forget that experience. It was just kind of amazing to me. I, I loved it. I, in hindsight, I know we didn't do it right, but we did, <laughs> but we did, uh, we did what, what was, uh, I guess available at the time. And the dog did well. And, and so I, I always remembered that experience and thought it was pretty amazing. And then in those three years between um, school, one of the jobs I had is I actually worked at Children's Hospital in Boston in the research department. And it was the surgical research department. And we were doing, we were actually doing heart and valve replacements. And so oh, cool. it was, and this was like, uh, I was working with human surgeons that were training to to be um cardiothoracic surgeons and so again another kind of experience that i could never um i, I would never have anticipated it but all, all of it as you can see sort of in the surgery uh realm not necessarily on purpose it just worked out that way and i and i loved it and i thought i really thought probably i would go to vet school and then uh, come out and go back into research because I liked that that um, 
surgery side of things so much. I didn't know you could be a surgeon when I started vet school. I didn't, I didn't realize that was a possibility. Yeah. And so second year of vet school, we had the opportunity to do um, externships. And I realized that one of them was with a, a surgeon. Uh, he was actually doing, you, you could go with him on his mobile surgery service. And uh, I think it was the second week of that. And I said, uh, I said, Rob, this is what I want to do. Like, I, I don't know. There's nothing down, else huh? I want to do. This is what I want to do. I like, yeah. tell me how, tell me what I need to do right now. And I will do this it. job, his right. exact said, job you wanted. Yeah. This is what so I he want. Was a, like clinic to clinic, like in yeah, your so area. He actually, he had one of those in our area too. Yeah, he was. Um, so he's, he was Tufts faculty, but he was yeah. at Tufts. I, and I was a Tufts vet student at the time, Tufts faculty. And he went to, um, he was there three days a week and he had his mobile business two days a week. And so oh, cool. you could go with him on an afternoon on his mobile service. Gotcha. And, it, and it was just like, he was a great, I mean, he's a great mentor of mine in the surgery world, but just like a great guy. And he was like, okay, this is what you need to do. Like you need to get to know everybody in the surgery department. You need to publish. You need to like, he like listed off this stuff. I don't know if at the time he thought I would really do it all. And, and, but I did, I did everything he said I should do. I kept, I was, I was, but I love it. Like I loved being around surgery. I loved all of that yeah. stuff. And so did everything he said I should do. I worked hard. I got an internship at Angel. Uh, at the time, the Tufts and Angel residency was joined. It separated oh, after okay. I was done, but it was a joint residency. Mm -hmm. And so I just continued to make myself, um, I guess, valuable <laughs> in the surgery department at, at, uh, angel as well and so when it came selection time for residency i had a lot of great connections and and um so i was lucky enough to get that residency and and you know start my surgical training and i i i don't even say this anecdotally i honestly think if i didn't become a surgeon i probably wouldn't be a vet anymore i probably wouldn't practice because i realized i love it so much and i don't want to do anything but that and it, it's yeah, just that's your that's your niche yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I'm very very happy that that's the way it worked out um I'd be, so I finished my surgery residency in 2008 moved around the country a little bit um I've worked at different practices different specialty practices currently I no longer work for a specialty practice but I have a mobile surgery practice of my own so I am still practicing that's awesome I love that. I, I really think it's, well, th this will probably go to the next question about the Know Your Why podcast, but the fact that you love surgery so much, I think that that's something that we need to teach other veterinarians is to find their place in vet med. Like we think that vet med, we have to do everything. And I think sometimes we we don't realize that there's so many options of things that you can do, like a, a mobile surgeon. I've talked to people and they just don't even know that exists. And it's like, yeah, it does. There's a lot of things you can do. So is that where the know your why came from that story? Or is that a big leap? It did. It didn't come from that, to be honest. Okay. Um, it came. So the know your why podcast is, is actually more real estate inspired oh, and it gotcha. came from my journey into real estate. And, and that's kind of where the title is. And I, I don't know if you want to, if you want me to talk about that now, or or we can, you know, put that on the back burner. But whatever you, um, whatever you think. I mean, did I take too big of a leap from 
you being no, a no. and to going to what you do now? <laughs> I, I actually think it's like, it's relevant in the sense that I just didn't. So briefly, I, when I, I, I've been as part of my <laughs> veterinary career progression school, all of that, I also was in real estate on a small level because I always wanted to own. And so the only way I could do that, no, I wanted to own property. Real estate. To own real estate. Did that come from the fact that you didn't have a lot of money when you were a kid? And you're like, Mm -hmm. when I grow up, I'm not going to be in that position where I don't have any money. hundred percent. We, we moved, we moved almost every year of my life until high school and always in different, different apartments, things like that. And, And so we never really, um, owned a house and Mm, I just always for whatever reason I don't know like I thought that was the way that was the way out and in a lot of ways it was I I started working in construction when I was a teenager and I basically have never stopped (laughs) like I just I did that all through vet school I did you know there were times when I did it more and less like that depending on my commitments fourth year of vet school pretty much all you can do is be in clinics. You don't have time to also have a job, but I have always used um, construction and real estate to, to help us with our financial situation, whether my, my family when I was young or my family now as a, as a, as a husband and, and father of two. So the know your why thing was, so in 2020, um, this has nothing to do with the pandemic, but coincidentally, same timing, we had just finished renovating our house. We now live in Los Angeles. We had renovated our house, basically ourselves. We had just finished everything. And I'm not a very good, like, sit still type of person. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of vets are like that. Yeah, I right. I, that yeah, I'm not, Why do I'm I always alone. have to be busy? <laughs> right. And and at also at the same time had a one-year-old son. And what I realized was I had, I was gone a lot because I was a surgeon and to make money as a surgeon, I have to go do surgery and I was on call a lot. And it it just, it, my son made that life different than it had been up until that point. It like, it felt good. It felt almost like heroic to have to get up in the middle of the night and go in and, and help someone's pet. And, and like, it's certainly a needed service, but it, I just, I realized like my family became much higher up on the list. And so I, the, the know your why thing came from at that time, I started researching, okay, how can I get more heavily involved in research or in real estate from a passive standpoint? Like, how can I, how can I do something that I don't have to be gone all the time? Right. And so you can I, be home with your kids, huh? Right. And I started listening to a lot of podcasts myself. I started reading a lot of books. And a lot of those podcasts, it was common for people to, in the real estate space, it was common for people to ask the guest, what is your why? But it was always kind of like a, hmm, like, hey, here's this question that we ask, like, what is your why? But for me, it was always the thing that was like the most important part of the podcast, because I realized that my family was my why. And in like, and this is how this ties into your question. Go in hindsight, my family was always my why, right? It was just a different family. It was like, how am I gonna get us to a better situation? Financially stable, because I never right. had that. 
right. and I need to get there. Yeah. So, and that and, was and your the, yeah. When I, in my podcast, I've joked about changing the, changing the title to the evolution of why, because, because I think depending on what stage of life we're in, it is, it is very different, right? Like when I was young, it was financial stability. Well, then I became a surgeon. I had financial stability. We were fine. Like we didn't right. need right. more money, but I didn't have time. Right. And so suddenly the thing I wanted that I had been tr sort of programmed to want since being a kid was not what I wanted anymore. I don't, right. I make less money now than I did before when I was in a W-2 job because I'm building for the future through my businesses. And right. so it's just your priority shift, but, but that's where the title of the podcast came from was I started, I was listening to all these things and what drew me to the podcasts because because frankly like real estate is real estate is real estate like it's not there's not a lot of different things there's a lot of niches but there's not a lot of different things to say about it right like it's essentially a math equation based around an asset that gives you returns like that's it like that's and it, it's it's that's very simplified but that's the fact of the matter is like that's why real estate is appealing is it's actually pretty simple. It's right. not easy, but no, it's, it's not simple. easy. I think that's the the misnomer. People think, oh, I just buy some real estate and it's right. going to be, I don't have to do anything. It's like, yeah. no. Yeah. And it's, and so what drew me to other people's podcasts or other guests was when I would hear their, their story, their story behind success. Sometimes it was like someone who had escaped addiction, someone who had grown up in poverty, someone who had been uh, you know, an orphan or, 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 or people that were already successful, but now they have a big cause, they're fighting human trafficking, whatever, like, those are the parts of it that were exciting to me, because I can pick, you can see all the books, behind. I can pick up one of those books and read to you how to do real estate, like, it's not right. information is available, but right. you need something that's going to be there to push you and hold you steady when it gets hard, because it gets really hard. Yeah, <laughs> and like, it does. All of life gets really hard at times, but like if you know what's pushing you forward, what's that thing that when everything else is going against you keeps you going forward? Like that's your why. And for yeah. me, that's my family. Do you hear the lawnmowers outside my house? I don't. Okay, good. <laughs> Sometimes it, always, it happens it here too. Happens. So, I schedule yeah. a podcast and a lawnmower guy comes yeah, in. Yeah, it, ha it happens to me too. Okay. Well, hopefully I can weed that out. I just want to make sure it's not disturbing you. No, okay. No. So let me ask you this then, because, you know, you're talking about having the why with the real estate and, and having the, I think, which is equally important is having your why in vet med. Yeah. You know, if you're struggling with being a veterinarian, you know, you need to go right back to that basics. And, and why did I get into this in the first place? Why did I love it so much? Like you love surgery. Yeah. I just love all of vet med. So does that kind of coincide? Like how did that, yeah. your veterinary mission and your real estate mission kind of mesh? Does that make sense? Is that a uh, weird question? It's a, it's a great question. And it's something that took me several years to figure out. So oh, good. So you, you've got to answer. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know that my why when I was younger was I wanted to get my family in a better financial security. I wanted to take care of my mom. I want like I didn't know that it would have been called my why at the time. It was just now, what was driving. It was just what was it? Yeah. Now I know I can look back and be like, oh yeah. So I always had a why. Like it was the funny thing is, so 
when I started to get into real estate, you know, on a more serious level in 2020, I very much thought of it as this is for my family, right? Again, still wide driven. This is for my family. I'm going to do these things to make things better for, for my family. Well, for whatever reason, I felt I had to keep veterinary medicine over here and real estate over here. Like they were two separate worlds. And like, frankly, that was a mistake. That was a mistake on my part to do that for as long as I did, because what we do can help veterinarians. And, and we haven't really, we haven't talked about my fund yet, but like we have now created, it's called the Lark Veterinary Impact Fund. And now I get to bring my why from like personal life to my why from the veterinary world together because people who aren't in the veterinary world don't know that there's a very high suicide rate amongst veterinarians. People just don't know it. And, 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 And in reality, like, why would they? But when you talk to other veterinarians and people in the profession, they're like, yeah, I know. I understand why I have all of those struggles, right? right and so right. it's it's uh there's a strong lack of awareness in the general population as to the struggles that veterinarians are going through. There's also a strong lack of awareness in the veterinary population as to how to better your financial situation because you've spent years, if not decades, training, school, building a practice, getting in the wheat, like you didn't have time to learn all this stuff. So yeah, they don't teach us that, do they? Yeah, exactly. Like, like when we fit that in, right? Like right. when we're going to fit that in amongst classes and, and I could, I can guarantee, like, I, I feel like I can say this with 100% certainty, no veterinarian said, I'm going to vet school because I want to be rich. Not one single person ever thought that's how I'm going to make a lot of money. Like right. that's how I'm going to set myself up for life. Like nobody thinks that, and it because it doesn't happen. <laughs> like right. it's not that's not what not happens. the norm. Right. Some people right. get rich doing it, but some it's people not the figure norm. it out. Yeah, some right. people figure right. it out, but that's yep. not the norm. And so I realized, okay, so we have we have a lack of awareness amongst the general population. If we could fix that, then maybe people will maybe clients will understand some of the struggles that their vets are going through and not maybe come and be so hard on them. Right. So, so maybe it helps things for free. (laughs) Right. Right. Like maybe if they understand why we have to charge for our services and why you have to wait an extra 15 minutes sometimes, like if, if you understand some of these things, maybe they come in with a little bit of empathy. If we can also teach the veterinarians that there are ways to better your financial situation without working 100 hours a week and without grinding yourself into the ground until suicide is an option, right? that's also important. And then, oh, by the way, there's an organization called Not One More Vet who is out there to help vets that are struggling, whether it's with mental health and sometimes financially. And so what we've done with our fund is we're donating to not one more vet on the back end, some of the profits. So like, Oh, that's awesome. I, I, it took me years and I wish it didn't take me as long, but I figured out how to bring it all together and have the why of, okay, I'm still doing this stuff, helping my family, helping, helping, you know, our personal futures, but I also now I can help the futures and the families 
of other people in the veterinary community, both with this awareness piece and also, hey, we're going to donate to those, to the not one more vet, th th for people that are truly struggling. They're already in that place of, hey, they really need help. So so that's now my why is, is uh, I guess, multiplied. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. it's family and impact. Um, right. That's, so, that's, it's evolved for sure. So explain a little bit more about the fund. How does it work exactly? Like it sure. sounds like you're making money somehow and then you're sharing the profits with not one more vet, which yep. I think is amazing because I love them. Yeah. So it, the fund, so I guess, let me, let me back up just a little bit. Lark Capital, the, the company, what we do is called syndication. And syndication is essentially a way to partner operators and investors together to invest in an asset that's likely larger than like one single person would buy on their own, right? Okay. So you yeah. can syndicate real estate and that's most commonly how it's used. If you look around, like if you're, if your people are listening and they, they, if you drive around and you see apartment complexes, office buildings, um, storage facilities, almost all of those are owned through syndication. They're not wow. owned by a person, right? Right, right. Even super rich people don't buy them on their own. They still syndicate them because you can, you know, kind of spread the wealth, if you will. So mitigate the risk too, does it? Exactly, right. It mitigates okay, the risk. So within a syndication, you have two sides of the coin. You have the operators or the general partners, and you have the investors or the limited partners. The investors, they're called limited partners, not because they're not important to the deal, but because they have no liability in terms of legal liability. They don't have to do any of the work. They simply invest their capital and with that, they return. They get a portion of the returns from that investment. The general partners are in charge of doing the work, right? So find the deal, find financing for the deal, assemble investors, operate the asset after it's been purchased, like all of that stuff. They're also the ones that are on the hook if something goes wrong. They are the, the legally responsible uh, parties in these things. And so a syndication brings those two groups together and then you go out and buy a deal like one apartment complex a fund is generally the same thing it's just that we have diversification within the fund so our fund is still going to be operator me lark capital and then investors and in my dream scenario all the investors are from the veterinary community if that can work <laughs> out fantastic yeah. but basically all so we partner together and then and then we buy real estate and the investors get a portion of that those uh profits as well and then where the prof where the not when more vet profits come from those actually are coming from lark capital so i didn't i didn't structure it in a way that i'm forcing any investors to have to donate to not one more vet right i don't right right if you want to by all means um, go ahead and donate but there's um, no, the, the profit side of it is after investor distributions have that's happened. That's personal. That's something you decided to do as yeah, a business that is my owner own, with your own We profits. are, as, as uh, Lark Capital, as, as owners of the fund, uh, operators of the fund, we're donating 25% of the profits to not one more event. So awesome. there's um, a, an opportunity to have 
a really a really large impact there. Yeah, that's amazing. So tell me how you like how did you start this? Like where did you get the idea? It, did you know someone that did this and you're like, "Oh, that sounds like a good idea. I'm going to do it." So you're the founder, right? Or the co-founder? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know anybody personally. And this is what I was talking about in 2020, when I started to look at like, what can I do to get myself potentially out of the OR a little bit and, and right. be around the family more. And right. um, I started because I've, I have flipped houses before and it's a lot of work because I tend to do a lot of it myself. And I was like, right. well, that doesn't, that doesn't fit the box of what I'm trying to do. Like right. if I want to flip houses, it's just another job. Yeah, right. exactly. exactly. So that didn't make sense. So then I was just kind of investigating, like how can I scale this and do it in such a way where I'm, I'm less hands-on, I guess, if you will. Right. Right. And by hands-on, I mean, literally hands-on. Like I don't have to, I'm still doing the work because I'm on the general partner side, but right. by doing the work, I mean, I'm the CEO. I'm the person that's managing the onsite property management team. I'm the one that's arranging construction uh, vendors. I'm the one that is, you know, sort of looking at, you know, our financing options, things like that. So it's, it's very much something that I can do from this very desk that I'm sitting at now. I go to, like we have a multiple assets in Atlanta. I go to Atlanta probably once a month. Like there is certainly some travel involved with it and building a team that is boots on the ground is an important part of it. Time but and energy. Yeah, I learned that by doing mentorships. Basically when I discovered that's what I wanted to do, I went and got a mentor uh, and I, I've done a couple of mentorships to help um, shorten the learning curve. So So I think... I look at it a lot like a residency. I've I've spent three years, like really, really dialed in on, uh, you know, kind of learning and growing that real estate business. Yeah, and so so do you still have the individual real estate, or is it now just the just the um, financial group? It's yeah, it's all capital group. Through, it's all through Lark Capital. That that's everything now. Um, like I had when I was, I mean, I I owned some single family residences previously. I owned uh, a three family when I lived in Boston. Like there were we. I've had, like I said Properties. before, like ownership became very important to me, and I didn't right. like the idea of renting. So it was like, okay, I'm gonna buy this house that's run down and needs work and I'll fix it up and I'll, you know, sell it or rent it out or whatever. So I've done that um, uh, a number of times. And, and I mean, even the house we live in now, uh, we bought it, it was a fixer upper, spent about a nine months, like fixing it before we ever moved in, still had more things that I had to complete after we moved in. But it, it's just, it's something that I see as, as a really great way to, to, build wealth. A lot of people might say that your primary residence is not an investment. And that's true if you don't treat it as an investment. Um, but I always treat it as an investment. If you if you just say, I'm just going to go about buy this house that's like the nicest house and it's what I want and it has everything perfect already, it's not an investment that I agree with that statement. Right, right. But 
if you buy a house that needs to be fixed and you do something like renovate it or you they call it house hacking but it's essentially have roommates to help pay your rent like that's that's investing right excuse me so um your primary residence can be an investment but um most of the time i think most people don't treat it that way well and plus you live there I, that's what I always say. It's like yeah. you get yeah, it, to live there. Yeah. It doesn't free. have to be an investment. That's okay. I'm not saying right. there's anything wrong with it, but it's right. just, it's, you have to recognize it at, for what it is that it, yeah, it you're is, not going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you move, unless you're in a really a place where the real estate's going through the roof, but then yeah. if you're in a high off. appreciation market and you yeah. get to sell at the right time, you definitely can make some money, but it's, it's not, you're not necessarily look because you're paying the whole time. So you're not right. necessarily looking at it as, whereas if you have rental property, your tenants are paying the mortgage. You, you're right. not paying the mortgage, right? So it's it's just a different, it's a different mindset, but it's, it's uh, again, I think that for me, my primary residence has always been an investment. <laughs> like every single one I've had. You just keep always, fixing it up. I, yeah, I just buy another one that's and then sell it and move up, move up in house yeah, and exactly. fix another one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that if you can do that, if you have that talent, yeah. I'm not a fixer upper, so that would be hard for me to do. I'd have to hire it out, and it would cost more. <laughs> right. If you have to hire everybody to do it, it's harder to make it, you know, profitable. Well, but but it again, it's it's it just you want to. I think the one of the most important things here is like people just need to know what's available, what opportunities are out there and what their options are. Yeah. And if you're just kind of going along with your head in the sand and saying, oh, I invest to my IRA or my 401k, probably missing some opportunities, probably missing missing the boat to to really get yourself out of that, that grind. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked a little bit about us not getting that financial education. Mm -hmm. So let's start with vet students or people that are recently out of vet school and they're and they're really struggling with paying back their student loans and they're like they're not sure how they're gonna ever get out of this hole what right. would be your like initial advice to them like how would you tell them to kind of get started building for their financial future i think um first thing is they gotta they have to start educating themselves the mm -hmm. the the information is available like the, you can't say it's not there to know. Not on we, TikTok. Right. It's it is on TikTok. It actually I know, is on it TikTok. Is. Like, it's scary, but it's I never crazy, know what's like, real and what's right, not. Right, right. <laughs> but but the information is available and there are people to talk to and excuse me, sorry. There are, you know, ways to 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 better yourself. The other thing I would say, because you because you mentioned student loans, and I'm sure some people listening to this are gonna gasp. Stop paying off your student loans early. Stop. It doesn't, it does not help you in the long run because you're like, I, I see people post on Facebook and things like that. Like, oh, I just paid off my $300,000 of student loans in three years. Don't do that. Invest that money, get it working for you. And then your assets can pay off your student loans. Like, don't like, like recognizing what is, what is good debt and what is bad debt. Right. And recognizing what you can get from potential returns. Like if your interest rate on a student loan is six or 7%, you can do better than that investing that money. And so then you're actually making the difference. Like right. I'll, I'll give you an example. I have, I used my home equity line of credit in our current house 
And I took a portion of that and I invested it. And that investment pays my mortgage. Like I don't have to pay my mortgage because that investment does it for me. And it's right. all automated. I don't even yeah. like, I don't have to do anything. Like there are opportunities like that, that people just don't know. And you shouldn't, if you can, if you are willing to work and generate $300,000 of extra income in that you know, three to five year period of time, if you invest that instead of paying off your student loans, you're going to, in, in the real estate world, in the syndications that we do, and this is whether I'm doing it or someone else is doing it, in general, you can expect to double your money every five to seven years. So if you took that $300,000 and you invested it, five years later, it's 600, then it's 1.2 million. Then, then you pay it off and get rid right, of it. Then you <laughs> use the cash flow from that to pay your debts. I see people talking about, and, and I'll admittedly, I don't understand exactly how this works, but I I see people talking about, and maybe, maybe you know, but I have people talking about the tax bomb that happens because they- yeah. Because they if wait you, 20 years, right? they, if they don't, don't pay off their student loans, they pay the right. minimum. And right. then at the end, I think it's the government forgiving. That's right. what they're the, trying to the do. Government trying to get the it. government to forgive it. And then they got to pay for all the taxes. Right. But guess what? You just it. got free money. You yeah. got free money because part of that. So who cares about a tax bomb? Like you shouldn't. If you have is, the money. See, I think part of the problem is, is that if you don't, plan for that and you don't like if you're just putzing along oh yeah yeah you can't not like and then at, at 20 yeah. years you got to pay off you know even if they forgive it if you're lucky enough that the government forgives it then you got to pay this tax money if you haven't planned to make that money like you have to be on top yes. of it before yes. you get there and i think that's that's part of it is the reason why people say to pay them off and then the other reason is is that the risk is there that if your investments don't pay as much, you're still going to lose money. And most investments you can, like you're right, you can make more money, but you have to be on top of it. And I think that's where most people lose. Like you have to do the education. Like right. you said, and, right? and that's that's definitely where it starts is the education. Yeah. But it's like the the when you talk about like vet students and new grads and things like that, like the best thing you can do in terms of investing is use time to your advantage. If right. you if you wait five years, like like you work hard- for 20 years. Some people don't years. invest for 20 years. Right, yes. If you don't do anything, then probably like, whether it's whether it's waiting to pay off the student loans or not, like if I'm just saying like, obviously the people that are paying their student loans off early, they're working at that. They're trying yeah. to, right. they're working extra shifts. They're working very, very hard sure. to do that. but But they're doing it in the wrong order. Right. Because again, it's like if you spend five years, the first five years of your career trying to pay off your student loans, well, you've just wasted one of the doubling cycles. Like you, you've you've missed out on one of those investment doubling cycles. And yeah, and you're right. They don't always it's not it's not like every five years someone gives you a check for twice as much. But right. Sometimes it's going to double in three years and sometimes right. it's going to take seven years. But the point is on the long-term horizon, those investments are going to go up. And so it's just, I think it's a, it's a miss 
for and and I understand like this is why I think we mentioned I think before we even started really recording like we mentioned how mindset is such an important part of this and like you you shouldn't be afraid of free money the government's going to forgive your debt because you're going to have to pay a tax bill like well yeah that's kind of that doesn't make sense right the, right. If the government pays off two hundred thousand and you have to pay fifty thousand, you're ahead of right. the game. You still right? gain. Assuming they 000. actually pay it off in twenty right. years, right? Assuming right. that the government doesn't run out of money, right? But and, yeah, and, absolutely. But even still, right. even if they don't pay it off, you're no, you're just still paying that same debt. Like it doesn't. It we'll still pay doesn't it off, matter. Right. right? Yeah. Except and for the so interest. It's kind of like beat that interest rate. Right. It's just right. that, and that's what you need to do. Like, if don't. Don't invest money before you pay off credit card debt. Like credit right. card debt is going to be 20 something percent. Exactly. Pay that off. That right. makes sense. Pay that, that off. makes a lot of but sense. Paying off your mortgage that's three or 4%, paying off your student loans that's six or 7%, that doesn't help you in the long run. Because like, for example, in your own home, like we have a lot of equity in our house right now because of the renovations we did and we right. live in Los Angeles. So it's like, Everything's we, we, increased, expensive there, right. Right? we increased the value by doing renovations. We've also, it's just, everything goes up in, in, you know, high appreciation markets. I can't get that money. There's nothing I can do. Unless I you move like, out. <laughs> right. I have to sell the house or I have to do some other home equity line of credit, but like, there's no, like right now with the way interest rates are, that's not a good place for me to access money. So no. I didn't purposely pay off my house quicker, but like, if I had, people are like, oh, I'm going to have this equity. And it's like, well, what are you going to do with it? Right. It's just lost. It's essentially lost money that you can't, you can, you can use a HELOC. As I said, you can use a HELOC to invest. That's fine, but you have to be able to access it. So it's like, you're you don't want to necessarily try to pay down your mortgage just so you can use a HELOC like right. it, you know what I mean it, it's kind of I, I think people just are looking at it um we, we talk about like a lot about like the scarcity mindset versus the abundance mindset we talk about that a lot on, on my podcast and it's like you can always make more money and, yeah I say that sometimes I'm like oh it's only money that's what my dad right. used to always say it's only money Right. And, and I think that's true. You can't, don't say it in the sense, like, I'm just going to waste money. It's only well, right. money. I'm going to buy a new car every year. Like it's, it's only money in the sense, like you can make more and guess what? The government's going to print more. And like, like we, <laughs> it's not <laughs> yeah, going unfortunately, to, right. <laughs> right. Right. It put us, it put us in a bad position, but like the, the reality is, is, is looking at it like your money is going to run out. You know how you know how your money runs out is if all you ever do is invest in a 401k and IRA and then you have to wait till your whatever the retirement age is to use it and you only have enough money that you have to live off of 4% every year and you have to make sure you don't live more than 25 years after retirement. Like Right. That's how you run out of money. Yeah. But if you have invested in cash flowing appreciating assets that value just keeps going up. Right. So what those doubling cycles don't stop when you retire, right? But if you have all your money in stocks and you retire, you have to sell the stocks to get the money. 
Right. Whereas you don't necessarily have to sell the real estate to get the money. And and so that's why that's to me why it's just I why I I find it a more um I guess exciting and uh long like a better long-term uh investment because it's going to be good for retirement. It's also good now. Right. Like I, don't have to, I don't have to wait till retirement. You got to money see. coming in right. every month if you have renters. Yeah. 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 So that's amazing. It, it's a little bit of a, a side rant, I guess. But I, I just, I think that it's just important for people to understand how this stuff works. And and I talk to, I talk to vets a lot about, you know, kind of this, they ask me questions and whatever. And, and, and I talk to them about investing and they're like, okay, okay, I'm going to run it by my financial advisor. Most financial advisors only know about stocks. Right. They don't know any more about real estate. Or mutual business. funds or, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to you... necessarily just be in your IRA. I mean, you can right. do your own investing, yep. but well, but and... you're right. If if somebody doesn't know, I think that's the problem. Like that's why they trust the financial advisor because they don't know about the stock market. Like nobody teaches us that except yep. my, my, uh, one high school teacher used to do the stock market every Friday. Like he taught us how to do the stock market, which yeah. was amazing. something but, just something is, is like people don't, education. people don't understand investments like yours and, you know, capital and they don't understand real estate investing and what the risks are versus the benefits. And, yeah. you know, they don't want to lose money. And I think that's why it's such a hard, it's such a hard thing. Like money is, is scary to people yeah. because they don't want to lose, but you have to have a little bit of risk. Just like that student loan was a risk to get to your, to your career. Right. Right. If you, if you didn't want to lose money, we probably shouldn't have gone to vet school in the first place. Right. Like, exactly. In reality, like that's, but that doesn't stop any of us. Me too. No. I didn't right. think about those student loans when no. I was going to school. I was like, yes, the max, I'll take the max. Thank you. Right. Like it was like, how <laughs> much, how much will you give me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like how much will you, Oh, I could buy a piece of furniture with that. Like, yeah, I exactly. extra. like yeah. and, and so we all do that. And, and it's like, it's a, it's a backward system. Like you'll give, you'll, they'll loan hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to an 18 kid. year old kid. I know. Isn't that it dumb? It doesn't make any sense. That's the government though. The government. Right. Right. It's just a, a funny. <laughs> but but then but then everybody comes out and they're like saddled with these huge student loans and instead of it, it it's one of the things that always like depresses me about investing and 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 like like people will invest i mean now is a good a good time right or a good example right like the market was super hot everything was going good any investment you made two, three years ago was, was gold, right? It was going to, you were going to do amazing. Yeah. Well, well, guess what? It's not like that right now. And right. some people are feeling that crunch, but the worst possible thing you could do is stop investing. Right. Don't yeah, stop. When it goes low is when right. you want to invest. Don't right? stop when it goes down. Stop yeah, when people up. don't understand that. Right. And it's like, what you need to do now is, re and this is another, like, this is part of why I started the fund when I did there are now is the time to start taking advantage of opportunities that are going to come up to ride the next wave up, right? Like the market does this all the time. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, of being like, you, you're what you have to look at this over 10 years, 20 years, even like you need to look at this in the long term. And right. sometimes you're going to lose. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to well, lose. That's how you, it shouldn't is, yeah. lose you shouldn't lose all your money. But sometimes you're not going to make as much as you did. You might lose a little bit, but like, 
averaged over time, if you don't stop, you will make that money. Like you'll right. do well investing. And so it's just, you just don't, you can't stop because one didn't go well. Like that's kind of the thing that I, well, that's you, my biggest fear. And you can't not do it because you're afraid. You have to get educated. Yeah. Because yeah, I talk to so many, so many of my, even my employees, when we, even just the, just the retirement accounts, when your company matches your, your contributions, I had so many people that never contributed yeah. to their simple IRA or their 401k. They just didn't contribute at all because of the fear. Like they're, they're like, well, what if, what if I don't know what I'm doing? And I'm like, oh gosh, you're, if you don't learn and you don't invest, whether it's the stock market or real estate or whatever you're investing in, you, you lose. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just live paycheck to paycheck and expect to have money at the end. Yeah. And I think that's what disturbs me. So I'm really excited that you're educating veterinarians because I don't, I don't a hundred percent understand what you're doing, but I'm going to figure it out now because of talking to you. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, honestly, like that that makes me so happy because i'm yeah. just like okay if every like i said if i don't i don't think this is probably likely but like if every investor in the fund comes from the then from the veterinary from world the veterinary community then yeah. i did something right like yeah. and i did then amazing. i did something right and i made a difference like that will yeah. be super exciting to me to every distribution check is going out to other veterinarians like like Dr. that would, so I would and so that. right 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 yeah, and so really cool. I don't know that that'll happen, but even still, like, I hope the majority of them are. And and all yeah. I can do is just keep kind of ringing the bell. And sometimes I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I guess there's a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know what's, what's available to them. You, you, you know, we well, talk I think they the don't time. know what the risk is. Like you see so many people like these investors that are in court now going to jail because they took everybody's money and, yeah. and like yeah. millions of dollars were lost. I think that's what people are afraid of. Yeah. It's like, you know, if, if they give their money to you and, and no offense to you, but I'm just saying in general, oh, an no, investor, no, how yeah. do they know that something couldn't go wrong? And I, I think that's another place where the education can probably mm. serve them, you know? Yeah. And I think it, what's fu always funny to me is, so the, the regulations around real estate investing and syndications are very strict. They're, they're regulated oh, by the SEC. Know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. all regulated by the SEC. Like, like if someone, if you or some of, some of one of your listeners calls me and they're like, I want to invest in that fund. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to send you about an 80 page document that just lists out all the risks because okay. we're required to. Right. Yeah. So it is, it is very, very highly regulated. And that's why people, if they don't do it right, they go to jail. Like you go to jail, you get right. huge yeah. fines as you should. Um, right. But like the, the thing that frustrates me on that front is there are so many regulations on the real estate investment side that limits people's availability to invest in them that are not there in the stock market. Like Right, right. Like anybody can, any fool can throw money into the stock market right, and lose right. it. <laughs> lots of people and lost all their money on GameStop. Like yeah. lots of people were like, I'm going to get GameStop. Look what's happening. Yeah. And Look lost all money. that money. And like exactly. nobody yeah. stops that from happening. Right. Nobody, nobody, because it's, you know, publicly traded and therefore right. it's legal and blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's like, you, you still don't, 
No, like like you brought up the 401k thing and I and I do think it's a good idea to invest in a 401k up to the match. But I'll yeah, tell you the matching is free money. That's the thing that always disturbed right. me. It's like if your company is giving you free money, you better damn well take it. <laughs> well, and I so I keep this on my desk because when I left my my W2 job, I had worked, I worked for um especially practice had a 401k for five years. When I left, I moved, I moved the 401k out. The final numbers on my 401k, I made a 5.8% total return in five years. Yeah. That's not good for anyone who's no, listening. That isn't good. That's no, not good. Yeah. And I lost 16 and a half percent in 22 when the when the, the market went down because the market went down. It shrunk, yeah. I also still paid. $65 in fees in 2022 when the market went down and I lost 16% of my portfolio. To the financial guy? Yeah, to the person who's managing <laughs> that fund. And so right. you, it's like people invest in those things like it's like- Thinking they're safe. Nothing can go wrong and whatever, but right. it's like, there's nothing. No, And you have no control over it. And no. you'll never talk to Tim Cook Jeff Bezos, you'll never talk to Elon Musk. If you are invested in a real estate syndication with me or any other operator, you'll have their phone number. Right. So <laughs> like, if it's not going well, you can call them. You can call me up and ask number. questions. Like we can talk about it. <laughs> like, and I'll tell my money you. Go? Yeah, right. Awesome. Like I'll tell you if there's a problem. I'll tell you, like, we'll, I'll tell you what we're doing to, to right. address. Like yeah. there are, it's not always going to be perfect. It's not right. in any yeah. investment vehicle. It can but be. Because it's, it, it's, it's like regulated gambling a little bit, but you have to do it. You have to invest yeah. or else you've got you nothing. Cannot, it's, it's at least gambling in the sense, it's gambling where we have some control. We have right. some control of the deck, right? Because yeah. although I can't control interest rates and I can't control, you know, what, what the market overall does, you know what I can control? I can control what renovations I'm going to do on right. these units i can control what we're going to do to increase revenue at the, revenue at the units i can control right. what we're going to do to reduce expenses and when you talk about commercial real estate which multifamily is a part of the values are not based on what your neighbor's house looks like mm -mm. it's based on the revenue that is produced by that asset so what we need to do, the levers we need to pull are to increase the revenue. And, and so we have control over that. And that's what, like, that's what you expect, you know, Apple, Uber, any of these stocks you might invest in. That's what you expect them to do. Right. But you know what? Sometimes they don't care if they're losing money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have another, they have an alternative. They have, right? Exactly. Like, like Uber loses money every year billions every year yeah. and like i'm invested in uber like right because right? i'm like someday it's going to make money right. but like but that's not how we approach real estate right. we're not like oh let's lose money not trying time. to lose yeah right. if you do lose so, it's a big oops it, yeah it's a different it's a different scenario and it's not without risk but i would argue that it might actually be less risky it, it, but it, it the point is i think overall like you said like you need to be investing in in something. You need something. to be looking at how your future looks. Like I I I would gather, I would guess if I was in a room full of veterinarians and I was like, how many of you have paid off your student debt? Almost nobody would raise their hands. 
almost all of them, if I asked how much, you know, student debt, is it 100,000, 200, 300? A lot of hands are going to stay up. If I asked you if you feel prepared for uh, retirement, I bet almost none of them would say yes. Like, it's a problem. Big and problem. we like the, what I can do is, is educate and provide opportunities. And, and that's what that. I'm going to keep doing. That's awesome. And that's going to help. I mean, the whole not one more vet mission is to reduce suicide. And a lot of the pressure that is on us is financial. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just is. went it's to financial um, pressure. What was uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I went to the not one more vet gala. Didn't even know they have that until this year, but they have, they do, they do <laughs> like an award ceremony, now, right? <laughs> award ceremony and, and stuff. And they have, um, this year they had Temple Grandin as the, as the, uh, yeah, you know, speaker or whatever. Speak. yeah quite um, which she's a great speaker but funny enough like she didn't know she's like I don't I didn't know why veterinarians have a high suicide rate she's like I assumed it was because we have to do euthanasias and she actually to her credit attended up leading up to the gala they do basically like two days of continuing education and she attended a lot of it and found out like the biggest reason is financial pressures Right. The biggest yeah. reason why suicide rates is, is is financial pressures and 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 I think like everything else is kind of a trickle down from there like like being overworked and things like that is because they're afraid to not make money. Right, they're and afraid to just, take a day off because they don't right. get paid, and then yep. and yeah, they have this it is. Looming, it really is. Yeah, so a lot of people it, I coach that that's one of their main. I mean, that's why on this podcast I do have a number of financial people just to get the variety of perspectives on this topic. I know not everybody likes to listen to financial discussions. I think they're fascinating because yeah. I love money and I think it's fun. But um, I just think that, that it's so important that you you have to learn about it, you know, no matter what route you take and how you invest and in, whether it's real estate on your own or with some, somebody like you that has a syndicated group. I think you just have to, you know, suck it up and figure it out so you're not under that pressure yeah of... yeah for your own for your own well-being and for your family's well-being i mean in the future like this is all my, my, my so lark lark capital l-a-r-k right i'm not a bird i'm not a lark bird capital it's group fun. it's yeah. called right yeah so lark is is logan ava reed casey logan and oh, ava that's awesome. kids. Reed is my business partner. Casey's my wife. This my name's not even in it. This is none of yeah. this is like, I don't think of this as like how I'm gonna get somehow wealthy, like right now. This is right. because I see like when I'm gone, hopefully before I'm gone, but yeah. when I'm gone, like my family will be good. And, we'll be and my kids yeah. will know enough to carry it on. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it's not just like, oh, I want to hand them a, a bunch of apartment like, yeah. I want them to know what to do. And so it, it's, you've got to take, uh, listen, anybody like I made all the mistakes. I made all the financial mistakes. I did it all wrong. I, I finished my residency in 2008. Oh, I'm sure yeah, people remember I, I what else happened. I added a building in 2007. Right. I added I, a big addition and took out a yeah. big chunk of change loan. <laughs> but you know what though? If I had started what I do now in 2010, I wouldn't have to work another day. Yeah. I would not have to work another day yeah, because you'd be set. the next 10 years was 
a tremendous run up on real estate. Like you can't do this stuff. You can't not do it because you're afraid. And we are now about to be in that same scenario over the next however long it's going to run yeah. up. And like yeah. people are starting not, to suck it in and not, right. not like, spend like, as much money at the bad hospitals and it's starting no, again. It's but, it doesn't but, get as bad. No, and I don't think it won't because because of demand. We, we don't have to get into that whole discussion. But but the reality <laughs> is, is like in terms of getting into investments, specifically real estate, like like now is going to be the good time because in five years we'll look back and and all of the values are going to be back up again and all this. And it, right. it's just that's how it works. Time to get in. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just kind of awesome. like you can't I, I like I said, I made all the mistakes. I didn't start. I, I invested on a small scale in my own homes and things like that, but I didn't start, I didn't really push it as I should have at the time. I didn't have kids at the time. Like I could have, I could have really made some headway had I known about this. And, and again, it's, right. it's just a knowledge factor. If I had known, I would have, I yeah. just didn't know it was available. Yeah. And, and then secondly, like the, the, <laughs> that time, that time that I would have had, whether it's, whether it's, a great market or not a great market, like that time invested, it compounds. And so you right. just keep growing it over time. And so now I, I feel like I'm, I'm in catch up mode myself and I'm trying to get to the point where I can someday be completely passive myself. I won't, I like work. I like real estate. I won't be. That's completely the thing. Passive, yeah. Like, Everybody thinks that if they get rich enough, they're not going to work, but no, I, no. I don't know if I'll ever stop working. No. So some of the like wealthiest investors I know, like they work a ton because they love it. But but yeah. but the point is like at that point, it's you because can. you love it. You can right? love it's it. Like, right. like yeah. I love surgery again now because yeah. I do it when I want to, right? It's not like, like it. yeah. it's not under someone else's control. And so right. it's That's just awesome. a it's just get like realizing it's gonna take, it's not easy. It's gonna take some sacrifice. It's right. a get rich slow thing not a get rich fast thing right but, it, that's but okay. it yeah it's okay you just have I'm to telling you because i am the age i am it goes by fast so it might feel it slow by, but you'll get yeah. there pretty fast <laughs> it goes by very fast and it's like i said like like i'm i'm 48 i i'm 48 and i made all the financial mistakes until i was about 42 like I just That's when was, you start really thinking about it, right? right I, I was like, I'm doing this 40s, all I'm wrong. like, man, I bet maybe yeah. I better start saving some money here. What right, am I right. Doing? Like I need to do so. I this is like a silly story, but like I started an IRA. This probably was around like 2011, 2012. I started started an IRA because my accountant said, "Do you have a 401k or a IRA?" And I was like, "I don't." And she's like, "It'll save you on taxes if you contribute to one." So I did. I didn't know you had to invest that much. I didn't know. So I had, I put at the <laughs> so time. I was just you could sitting put, there doing nothing. Yes, at the time you could put $10,000 in or $5,000 per year. I did two years. I put my $5,000. I didn't do anything to it for like eight years. I didn't know. See, people don't know. I know. Right. I, I used to talk know. to my employees. I'm like, do you understand this? You get, you get it in there, put it in like a basic mutual fund, whatever, right. but just yeah. get it in there. You don't have to pick your own stocks if you don't yeah, want to no. pick like something it's, that's a, makes that's a me mutual sad fund. that people don't know this. Right. But people don't so know. Sad. I've done all yeah. the things. I've done all the mistakes. Yeah. I, I've, I've re and, and, and because of that, 
I feel like I'm fairly qualified to talk to people about this in the sense <laughs> that like people advice. I made the same okay. things. I've been through the same struggles. I have student debt. I have, I'm, I'm actually, I think I'm 18 years into paying my student debt. I don't oh, wow. know if it's going to get forgiven. I'm not sure, but guess yeah. what? I'm not sad don't about care. <laughs> like, I'll be If they're like, you don't have to pay this anymore. Pay us some tax on the remaining. I'll be like, thank you very much. I'm happy right. to do that. Like, yeah, it just, that. You just have to look at it. For, like you have to look at money from an abundance mindset and also like learn how it works. Yes. Because That's the most important thing. People are so, afraid to learn how yeah. it works. Like your W-2 job, your earned income is the highest taxed bracket tax bracket you can possibly be in yeah. every every like penny you make as a employee is going to the government up until at least april right. if not longer. i know sad to say but true like passively invested your tax rate is going to be between zero and 15 percent at a maximum yeah so you're automatically saving a whole bunch of money by making your money passively, aside from the fact that you don't have to work for it. Like once you've already done the work, you should start to get some rewards for that making right, doing that. Right. Yeah. So it's just kind of learning how all that goes um, and, and how to best position yourselves. Like I think people don't know, you can invest in real estate through an IRA and a 401k. Mm -hmm. There are self-directed yeah. accounts. So if you have like, you left an old job, and you just have a 401k sitting there doing nothing, you can transfer that into a self-directed IRA and invest it in real estate. And so if you're worried about how a real estate investment might look, you could start with that. With that way, yeah. And see how it works and see how your IRA then Learn. makes money in real yeah. estate before you decide to put your, you know, sort of real money <laughs> into yeah. it. Because, well, because I, people... I... Go ahead. Well, people just don't like, like people invest in their 401k because they're supposed to, and they think they don't, people don't think about it. So right. they just, it's like already gone because it comes out before their paycheck. Right. But when you have to tell someone you got to take a chunk of money out of your bank account and put it into an investment. It scares them. So, so I think when you invest with a retirement account, maybe it's like easier to swallow, I guess. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I think, but I think the real point is, and I don't know if you agree with this, but is to start early. 100%. Like I started my, I started my kids before they were even old enough to invest. I'm like, what, what do you want to do? Let's start yeah. investing, yeah. you know, because that, kids, that's the real key. If you wait till you're 40, like accounts. you and I did, yeah. you, don't, you right. don't make as much, right? Right. Well, you just, you have to work harder to catch up, right? right? Cause that's the power exactly. of time, yeah, right? Like, time. Yeah. like if I want to have, just say like, to do the math, if I want to have a million dollars invested passively, right? If that's if that's my goal, yep. And I start at twenty five versus forty five, and I already told you it doubles every five years. So if I want a million dollars at forty five, at forty it was half a million, at thirty five it was two hundred fifty thousand, at thirty it was one twenty five, at twenty five all I had to invest was seventy five k, like not even 60, 62 and a half, like right. you, and, and it, and then if you did and that, every you million, yeah. time, like you're, it's so much easier. Whereas like I started in at like 42 and, and I want to have a million, I have to put in like 250,000 every year yeah. to get there. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. So use time 
to your advantage. Like that's, right. that's, I get so excited when like young people come to me and they're like, I want to hear about this. And I'm like, yes, you do. Yes, because absolutely. You can start now and, and be so the far ahead of where yeah. I am right now. By the time you get to like 35, it, you, you'll be in such a better position. Golden. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered a lot. I'm excited about this. This was a really good discussion. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that we missed? We talked a little bit about Not One More Vet. We talked about your Lark Veterinary Impact Fund. We talk about your podcast. Yeah. I think think importantly, it's important not to overwhelm people because I think then you kind of shut off. So I, I think nothing more specific, I guess, please please reach out to me, anybody. Yeah, who tell, them, Chris, like, tell them where they can find you because now I'm uh, going to reach out to you because I got to yeah. learn. <laughs> Our <laughs> website is, is larkcapital.com. We actually just had it redesigned, made it way more user-friendly. I'm super excited about it. Um, you can schedule a call through with me through there. Also, you can email me directly. It's just jason at larkcapital.com. I'm on social media. Like there's there's probably a million ways to get a hold of me, but um, it's it's... No obligation. We can call you and just get some education. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and as far as education, like we we're putting out free education on social media stuff all the time. Like listen to the podcast. It's mostly investors talking about this stuff. So you can learn what you want to learn. Um, Again, there's a lot on the website about it, like a lot of educational material there. Um, It's really, like I said earlier, like you can't, you can't claim anymore that the in, in, information's not there. Like, yes. like I guess, not I guess I could I say 20. maybe it wasn't there for me when I, in 2010, but like right. now it is, it's everywhere. All like it, there. It's almost hard to escape. Yeah. <laughs> so and make sure, just, make sure you talk to the right people and make sure that you get all the information before you and, buy anybody's stuff. I will right? say like, I, I'm a vet. I've been a vet for, you know, like I said, since I graduated vet school in t- 2004. Yeah my my reputation in the veterinary world is more important to me than it is in the real estate world yeah and therefore i think i'm a good link to people especially from the veterinary community because like we don't have to get into it but like like people that are only in the in the real estate space and that's the only way they make money yeah sometimes that can negatively influence them so for me I I, like I'm I'm a vet first I'm a real estate investor and I and I've found a way to bring it together I love that that's great yeah and vets are great people that's why I do that's why I do what I do I love vet med I love all veterinarians it I think that we all need to stick together and I think you're doing a great job with that thank you so So I really appreciate you being here and maybe we can do it again we'll talk more about this stuff I'm sure there's much more to learn, but I've really enjoyed having you here and and discussing this. Thank you so much, Julia. I was uh, really honored to to be on the podcast with you. The discussion was awesome. It's fun. Hopefully we help people. Yeah, that's that's why we're here, right? That's why we're doing these podcasts. So everyone, this is Dr. Jason Ballara and um, look him up and I'm going to, and uh, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye.